Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Tommy Smith, who is the special assistant to athletic director Malcolm Turner. Our podcast presented by Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center. Wellspire offers personal and professional development opportunities in a beautiful facility in the Gulch neighborhood. Stop by for an event with world-renowned speakers or host an off-site event that will wow your team or your clients. We thank our co-sponsor, The Well Coffee House, which turns coffee into water and has a mission to bring clean water to the world. Today's news presented by Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. The fine people at Sutherland and Belk will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you have been injured in an accident. Call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt resumes basketball play on Saturday afternoon against Texas A&M. That game, a 2.30 tip-off in Memorial Gymnasium. Our guest line, presented to you by Bowling Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I've slept on their sheets for years. They're amazing. I had no clue what I was missing till I got them. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month. You can return them for free, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018 go to bowlandbranch.com that is spelled b-o-l-l enter the promo code vandy and get 50 dollars off your first set of sheet today's question and answer session brought to you today by my friend independent agent josh minton of brentwood if you need home for auto motorcycle renters landlord or life insurance josh can help you out call him at 615-933-1979 email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Facebook at J.D. Minton HQ. He is my insurance agent. Give him a try, and I think you'll be pleased. That question and answer session also co-sponsored by my friend Mark Gent at Simply a Fan. Mark and I will be working on some trips to Vanderbilt baseball games this year, so be sure and be aware of those announcements as we make them in the podcast this year. Tommy Smith joins us today. Tommy is the special advisor to the athletic director, who of course is Malcolm Turner. We are going to talk about the reunions that Vanderbilt has set up for its championship basketball teams, maybe get into some other athletic department business. Tommy, thank you for joining us today. Hope you're having a great new year. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here and a happy new year and, and to you and your family. Well, I know the main thing we are going to get into today is the reunions. And Vanderbilt has had some phenomenal basketball history and make sure I get these right. A reunion tomorrow to honor, tomorrow being Saturday, against Texas A&M, the 74 team, then one February 11th against Florida to honor the 93 team, followed by Kentucky on February the 11th. That will honor the 65 team. Just talk about the genesis behind these ideas and why you have put these together. Well, uh, we're, we're celebrating the three SEC championship uh, uh, teams, one regular seasons, and you know, I've heard from quite a bit, even before I got here, that uh, former athletes have not felt welcome back to a degree. And part of that's true, and part of it's probably emotional. But either way, I don't think you can celebrate your past enough. And Malcolm, that's one of his big big agenda items for us. So we started with the with these three teams who won regular season crowns, and, and we, 
hopefully we'll have a celebration that our, that our fans and they will be very, very proud of. And then uh, we'll, it's something we will never stop doing for any of our teams. And I don't know what's next, but for this right now, it's the three SEC championship teams. Tommy, I know the 74 team is near and dear to your heart. I, I know that was one that's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. I grew up hearing the stories, Jan Van Breedekoff. I think the F Troop was part of that one. Uh, names that Vanderbilt fans, even if they're younger, know. How cool will that be to have that reunion against Texas A&M and, and see those guys? Well, I think it's just fabulous. I hope our fans can, can really enjoy it. You know, you've got – uh, I went to basketball camps with Coach Skinner, rest in peace, and him coaching the 74 and the 65 championship teams. Coach Ron Bargatze will be there, who I've known um, most of my life, has been a great friend, mentor for me. And you've got Jan Van Bredekoff, SEC Player of the Year, uh, the F Troop, uh, the late Joe Ford, uh, his, will be represented by his widow, uh, Jeff Fosnes, Dr. Jeff Fosnes, and then Butch Fear. And uh, Lee Fowler. It's just so cool to have all these guys back. Uh, we'll have a reception for them before the game, and during the game, they'll they'll we can come up the suite, sit and move around, and the halftime we'll honor them on the court. And and Martin Salomon from our office and Robin Candice have done such a good job of of the details of this and and what uh, and I've heard that from all these uh, former players. And what makes me really really proud is is the attention to detail we're doing for these guys. Because of the, the, as this came about, my only uh, task for our people was they better enjoy it. And, and I said it with a smile. But, we, you know, these guys are our treasured past, and we're going to treat them like royalty. They're Vanderbilt royalty, and, and I hope all Commodore fans come out and give them a standing ovation. The 65 team, one of the other ones honored, we'll get to 94 in a minute, but that was just really sort of right in the middle of the golden age of Vanderbilt basketball, that team and the 74 team. And I just have to wonder as you go back, the thing that was such a shame then is only one team from every league made the tournament. And, and Kentucky usually was that team. And so a lot of these teams, I guess, don't get their rightful place in history when you look at, well, they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Of course, that wasn't the story, as you and I know. But the 65 team, I guess, was one of the ones that put the Vanderbilt basketball program on the map. Um, just talk a little bit about that one and that reunion coming up. That's exactly right. The 65 team uh, started all of this, and uh, the, the Clyde Lee's team, who's the most who's the most decorated athlete in Vanderbilt history, in my opinion, and Snake Grace. We've I met with uh, Snake several times through this. And Roger Shirk. Those guys would always have a little reunion of themselves in October. And I spent some time with them then. And in terms of, I want people to know, in terms of the dates of these, when these are happening, we let them pick. What's a date for you guys? What date do you guys want? And so that's how the dates, it's no particular order other than that's the ones they, the majority of team members wanted. And I uh, don't know if Clyde's coming back. We certainly hope so. But I have learned that the balconies in Memorial Gym are known as the Clyde Lee balcony. And I'll be honest, I think he's the greatest living uh, basketball player in Vanderbilt history, if not the best ever here in my office I've got a frame uh Nashville banner photo of his last home game here on the front page and uh it's that one's going to be a lot of fun because I've gotten to know those guys a lot and they're excited and, and boy they deserve it too and then then the 93 team coach Fogler will be back his team have talked to talked to Eddie he's excited and appreciative Kevin Anglin and Ronnie McMahon and those guys so 
it's really a lot of fun. I, I'm, I myself am really enjoying this. Malcolm's enjoying it. Our staff is enjoying it. And uh, it, it's just fun to do this. And we're going to do a lot more and continue to try to pay the proper respects to our past at the same time trying to forge a new history going forward. Well, I was not around to see the 65 and the 74 teams. I was around to see the 93 team. I think that – I mean, look, throw baseball out because you, you almost can't compare anybody to what Tim Corbin's done. I don't think there's ever been a Vanderbilt team that I've watched that got more out of his potential than that one. Uh, that team was a joy to watch. It shot the eyes out of the basket. Uh, that is one that is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts that are listening to this. Uh, that one will be fun. How many of those guys will be back for that reunion? I don't have the exact number, but it's well over half, if not three quarters. The majority are coming back of all three teams. Now, there may be one here, and, and uh, God love the ones who, who we don't have with us anymore, but the majority will be back. I don't have the list. Martin has it, and but most of them are coming back. And, and what's neat about all three of them, all the team members are talking to each other, saying you you got to come back if there's someone who can't make it or whatnot. Uh, Coach Bargatze has helped a lot with the 74 team, as Lee Fowler has, and those guys, and then Snake with his teams, and and uh, Kevin and Coach Fowler. They're, they're such a bond with these guys. It's so cool. And we're bringing them right to half court at uh, mid-court at halftime, and we'll have a video and gifts for them and things like that, and they're going to walk out one at a time, and I'll, I'll let one little piece out, cat out of the bag. When we announce them, it'll be – I think it's number 31 from Horse Cave, Kentucky. Terry, you know, we'll do it just like that. And uh, number 22, Bill Ligon from Gallatin, Tennessee. I think I I just smile saying that because you always used to know where these guys were from growing up. And that's how we're going to announce all of them. I want to circle back to that in a minute, but it just made me think the electricity in that building. and a lot of people don't know what we're talking about because they weren't around for it. But if you grew up going to games in the 80s and the early 90s, you know what I mean. Winning is the easy way to get that back. Uh, and maybe that's the only way. But what else do you guys do to, to try to, to put the magic back in Memorial? Yeah, it's a great question. Winning certainly helps. But you have to get momentum through recruiting and uh, uh, public outreach and social media and those types of things. The old days of just sitting back and thinking somebody's going to show up to see you don't work. And I look across the street here at our baseball field, and there's a perfect example of how it's done. I reference them a lot. I don't apologize for it. You don't have to apologize for intellectual curiosity and intelligent management. So we got to do a lot of those types of things and and give people a reason to come to games and enjoy it. And and this is part of that too. You know, let people understand the history. And we're going to, we're just doing. You know, there's a there's a lot of different things we want to do. We can't do all of them. But we'll just try to knock them off one at a time. And and these three, I think, are, are, are pretty neat. One of the common complaints I heard, and, and maybe this was Bryce Drew. I, I think Bryce was kind of a shy guy. I liked him, but I don't know that he was the most outgoing and aggressive in terms of building relationships with former players. Uh, Kevin Stallings might have had some issues in that regard, too, for, for different reasons. But – it seems like this is part of a concerted effort to reconnect that community, to get them involved, those sorts of things. Speak to the efforts that you guys are making with that outside of these reunion events. You know, it, you, you, we don't ask any coach to sell tickets, but we don't ask them to live in a cave either. You know, they've got to be out and about and those types of things. And, you know, it, it's a it's a joint effort by everyone, coaches, uh, administrators, staff, whoever, 
and we have to be inviting, warm, and we have to give people a reason to come. And like I say, I've never, I'll never tell a coach he's got to sell tickets. I'll never ask a season ticket holder to, to substitute during the game. But we all, this is this is not about anybody's individual name. It's about Vanderbilt, and they, we're representing Vanderbilt, and we want to do everything we can to make it warm and inviting, and give people a reason to come, and and hopefully entertain them while they're there. Let's talk athletics a little bit. Um, there's a lot of anticipation towards facilities. I know that there's some things that probably have not been decided, some things that you probably can't talk about. But I know you guys are working hard. I know you guys, from what I understand, are not leaving any rocks, at least not being kicked over in the exploratory process. That's probably a clumsy way to explain it. But point is, you guys are looking at anything and everything. What can you share with the public at this point about all that? I know that's a large question, but um, anything you can give us, I know fans are just dying for anything at this point. No, I understand exactly the question, and, and I'll say it, answer it first off by this. There's a some of the rumors that come back to me. I just I think well, that's just not true. It's it's the old you know, I guess I would say the old Bill Belichick phrase: ignore the noise. Uh, nothing's been decided. However, I know Malcolm has spent a lot of I have to a lot of time on these. Uh, they'll be they'll probably be done in a phasing process of a, a phase one, two, and three, and maybe four, five, and six, depending on what's what it is. I do uh, I, I do think that the majority of phase one will be football in terms of resources, facilities, performance, and we're not in any way thinking we just have to go build a new stadium. That that's that's used seven, eight times a year. We've got to provide the most sophisticated uh, performance development for our student athletes. And that that and that matches the sophistication and intellectual curiosity of, the, of our, our great university. And in football, we need we need more we need more of that. Every other sport here, you can win now. You know, men and women's basketball the facilities are good enough. Back of the house improvements always. As I look across the street at, at, at what Tim's built. We're not resting on that. I talked to him last night. You know, let's continue to talk about how we can get better. You can't stand still. But in football, I've said this before, it's not a fair fight with who we're competing against. And that's the, that is, uh, I have pushed that narrative quite, quite hard, and that's the majority of the phase one. What it entails, I just can't say yet. Not that it's been decided. I'm not trying to keep anything from anybody. You know, we're winning. Our women's soccer team wins. Darren Ambrose is spectacular. Tennis, Jeff and Ian, very competitive winning programs. Our swimming team, I went and watched them practice this week. I'm Certainly proud of those girls. Uh, Stephanie, they're they're doing really well. Great win last night. And of course, baseball. I'm sure I'm leaving something out, but I'm not. I can't remember that much. So I I, I, I say that in a context. Sometimes the reality is the perception is not quite the reality. And uh, if we can if we can improve in our football facilities and make it more of a fair fight, I'll, I'll, that's, that's all I'm asking. I may be reading too much into this, but I hear a lot of things, and I've heard this for long before since you've been here. The easiest sell at Vanderbilt is something that helps the, the student-athletes and something that you can sort of assimilate into the student population and present maybe to Vanderbilt as these, these are our students. Um, am I wrong to deduce from kind of the things that I've been hearing that maybe phase one will be more geared towards things that directly impact them and maybe stadium things would come later or the full impact of the stadium things would come later. Am I correct in my read on that? Sort of. It's not one or the other. Yeah. It could be a combination of both. But it's not 
you know, we it's 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 probably both, but it's not been determined yet. But you know, we need some improvements in the viewing for our fans in terms of premium seats and and concourse. That's not lost on on us. So it's not one. It's not and or or the other. It could be a combination of both, and probably will be. Those are still being determined. But you know, it's, it's a really good question, Chris. We want. We want the fan experience to be good too. We're not. I don't want it to come across as we're not worried about them. You know, if if you they need to come and sit and be comfortable and the best food options and you know we're we're limited in space over there a little bit. I actually, my own opinion is I like all three of those right now. I think it's pretty neat, and we can put a man in the moon. There's ways to work around that a little bit. You can go you can go more vertical than horizontal with your building and things of that nature, but it's both. It's the development, the practice, the weights, all that. The, of the student athlete at the same time where they play too needs it, needs it too, because I don't think anything's been done over since 1981. And that's, that's probably a little bit too, too long, but that's okay. We're, we're looking forward. How many phases will there be to your plan? And, and what are we looking at in terms of, of rollouts? I, I, I keep hearing mid February or so for the first phase and, that implies there will be second, third, fourth phase or whatever. Again, I know that you're limited in what you can share, but what can you tell us about how that will go? Well, I don't know how many there, there will be. It depends on what all we decide to do and, and the funding and all that. Uh, we're looking, we're hopefully February, we can start getting this stuff out there. You know, we have to talk to the chancellor and the board and all that, and they've been very supportive and terrific through all of this. So I, I say that when people say the Vanderbilt administration doesn't care, I just I don't agree with that. They do care. They really do, and that's a misperception that 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 I don't that kind of bothers me because I don't think it's I know it's not true. Just like our overall athletic programs are really good, we're just not winning in football. We had a tough year, but we're doing fine. Got to get better in men and women's basketball. So, and then people from that say the administration doesn't care, and I, I don't agree with that. They do care. We we need to modernize a little bit. You know, we've Malcolm and I have looked at a lot of different facilities around the country and talk to our coaches and those types of things. And, and I think the time is now. It's, to me, it's pretty exciting. I didn't, I didn't come here to just not change things. Or change maybe is the wrong word, not to improve on things. But I know this, if we, do the thing, if we do things exactly the way they have been done, I'm not anticipating much changes in terms of results. And I don't have any hesitation. We want to develop our student athletes academically, physically, mentally, let them face their uh, – chase their dream and the vision of their goals, but want to win. And and I don't apologize for trying to give them all the all the arsenal that they need to win. And in no way is Malcolm or myself thinking, well, we need a lower academic standard. I disagree with that. I don't I don't buy into this. You got to be stupid uh, to play athlete, athletics. There's plenty of smart kids that want a good education that compete at the highest level and can develop. I've I can look outside the window in my office and see the baseball field. That's all I need to see. So I reject as false. That's that's part of this narrative. Well, and, and to that, before I move on to the next question, I've seen it myself. There's plenty of kids, in, in particular in football, that were smart enough to play here and to get into school here and to do fine at, but they, they just didn't want to lose a lot, um, which you can't blame a guy for choosing that. So I, I tend to agree with you on that. But what I want to ask you – this has got to get board approval. Um, how does that process go? Because there's got to be a formal sign-off process. At the same time, you don't want to go in thinking, uh, we're thinking A and they're thinking Z, and, and end up with something that, that 
kind of wastes all the work you done. What is the process of bouncing that off the people uh, that have the power to approve or disapprove in the meantime? What does that look like? Well, you know, I don't know exactly, but I will say this. They've been totally supportive in all of our meetings. There's been three or four vice chancellors in every meeting. So this isn't being done in a vacuum. They're, they're right there with us, been on trips with them. So that's why when people say the administration doesn't care, I, somebody's going to have to explain to me what that means because I don't see it. And so uh, they've been, they have been terrific in terms of uh, support and thought process and help and, and, and how we roll this out. I, have, I couldn't be more uh, thankful for what they've all done. Is it safe to say that when you go into the meeting to present your plan, it will not be a, a, a shock to those people, I guess, in terms of what you guys are going to present? They, will they have a pretty good idea of what's coming? Well, it's a good question. I, it won't be a shock. I, no, I don't think it will be at all. I mean, this is like this, you know, Malcolm has been great communicating with them and, and, and how this has all evolved. So, no, it won't be a shock. It, and it shouldn't be. You know, I don't think the uh, engineering uh, department would go plan on building a new building over there and not tell the administration either, you know. So, no, they should be involved and they have been. And not only involved, they've been helpful and supportive and, and helped with ideas and thought processes and so no, no, not at all. No shock at all. It's a, it's a, it's a fun thing, and I'm, I'm anxious to, to keep moving forward. What have you think been the biggest disconnects between athletics and the administrative side, the board side, the past few years? And I know things are changing, but where where did things sort of get off track in the past? If you have an idea, yeah, I really don't because I wasn't here. But I will say this: I think a lot of it is perception. Now. Uh, in terms of our facilities that relates to football, it's been too long to have some upgrades. Yeah. There, there's just no, you know, if we if we want to compete and, and, and win, that's got to change. And, and if people don't want to do that, well, that's fine too. But I, I don't think there's a disconnect. But I think it's also it's our job to present what we need and why we need it. And and then the, the higher-ups, they're more than capable of making those decisions. in term. But, you know, this – this university is such a great university with such great faculty and it's beautiful and the kids here are so cool. I've gotten to know a lot of them. They're so intelligent and they're so smart. And they're, we got to give them all, all the proper tools to compete in their chosen field. No different than we do with a law student or a medical student or engineering. We give them everything we got. We just need to do it in, 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 uh, in athletics. And the difference in athletics is, obviously, the goal you're trying to reach or somebody trying to stop you from reaching that. You walk in the law library, somebody's not going to jump out from the, from the bushes and tackle you to keep you from going in there because only one guy can go in there. So the competitive part on our side is a little different on the academic side where you just compete against your own self. So we have to do both. We have to compete in a classroom amongst ourselves, but then in, our, in these kids' chosen platform of, of uh, choice, basketball, baseball, football, they're competing against others. So that's a little different. I hear this. In fact, there's one comment that really stands out to me. I, I talked to somebody that's pretty well connected um, about this whole thing with his head. He said, embarrassment is not invaluable to brand, which was a very interesting way to put it. And what he was getting at was he also told me, he said, I think that the board is more interested in sports than people perceive. Uh, can you just speak to, I guess you've already talked about the cooperation, but maybe the misperceptions in your mind of how people view the board and Vanderbilt's administration and how that translates to support. You know, I, I 
I can't speak to the past, and I disagree when people say the administration doesn't care. That's a perception. And sometimes when you lose games, that perception takes on a reality of its own. So, but I, but I will say is, is is it's I think it's our job as in being in the athletic administration to point out what we need to be successful. And the the board, I don't know that that's I don't know this because I wasn't here, so I'm not. I'm not saying anyone's done a bad job. That's not what I do. Every time you throw mud, you lose ground, and I'm not doing that. What I am saying is it's our job to point out what we need, why we need it, and how it will help our student-athletes. And it's not my job to say yes or no. It's the higher-ups. But they've been, they have been terrific, and I've really enjoyed getting to know them. I went to the board meeting with Malcolm, and it was, it was really fun. And, and I'll say it again. This perception they don't care is not true. It's really not true at all. Now, uh, we need, as I said, as, as it relates to football, we need some re, uh, some resource and facility improvements. There's no doubt. That doesn't mean anybody's good or bad. It's just the reality of it. And well, I'm not talking about an arms race, which goes on in the SEC. We don't need a 100,000-seat stadium. We need modern, sophisticated, and intellectual curiosity in everything we do because that's what the university stands for. And that's what, that's what we're working towards. And I'll say it again. A large part of these, a large portion of our programs are winning, and the other ones that aren't are on the way to winning. If they're not, we'll find somebody that can. It, it, you know, it's a, that's just the way it is. It's, the SEC's a big boy league, and Vanderbilt fans, I, I, I want them to not. They shouldn't want them to. We we got to give them th- reasons to be proud. You know, I was at that Georgia and LSU game, and I'm, you know, a majority of visiting team fans there, and I think people, you know, didn't like it. I'm still mad. You know, I'm still upset. I don't blame Georgia fans. I don't blame LSU fans. They have every right to buy a ticket. So I guess my point is, is I don't uh, myself apathy will never enter into my veins or Malcolm's. And I'm thinking every day, how do we, how do we, how do we offset that? You know, I'm I'm not one to say we're not going to sell tickets to them. No, I don't. That's that's it's a free world. I'm not going to do that. That's what somebody makes me. So. Uh, I think of that. I still think of that. I think some people have seen it for a long time. And it's become the new normal. Well, it ain't no new normal for me. So, and it's not going to turn around immediately. I know that. But I know this. Come in in the morning early, get my best shot, go home. I come back the next day and do it again. And that's all we can do. To the ticketing and attendance end of things, a lot of things that you said are obviously true. You you don't want to – there's certain things that you can't restrict or maybe don't want to restrict. But I'm sure you've had conversations about the, the opponent takeovers and things. Maybe you can share, maybe you can't, but what have those conversations been like in terms of what you can do to get more of your fans in the stand? Obviously, winning is a big part of it, but what are the other things that you guys can control outside of that that have been discussed? You know, uh, we're going to have a salute to service at a game where we honor honor uh, our veterans, which is a great platform anyway, and we'll give them Vanderbilt shirts, those types of things. Uh, it, it's a... It's it's a very compli- complex uh, situation. You know, if you're if you have a, if you're selling a bunch of tickets anyway, it's easier to to solve that. But when your attendance is not as great as it, as you want it to be, then it becomes more of a problem. Like I say, I don't believe in not letting people come in the gym. If you buy a ticket, you ought to come. And uh, in both of the George and LSU game, we had I'm sure a large part of not a large part, but a lot of our fans sold their tickets. You know, I really don't blame them. They have the right to do it, but then, but then they don't have the right to complain about visiting team people being in there. I will say that. But if, you know, they buy their tickets and they sell. That's it's not for me to tell them they can't do that. But I think as a as a collective Vanderbilt community, uh, Malcolm and I and our coach, we can't be the only ones that that are, that are 
trying to combat this. And we have to do our part too. Don't get me wrong. We got to win. We got to compete. We got a good product, put a good product on the field. We need uh, comfortable seats and food amenities and those types of things. And so it's not just one little uh, piece that fixes this. It's not fixed overnight, but it's, it's, a, it's not complicated. It's just hard work. And that's what we're trying to do. I look around and I see a fan base at baseball games behind home plate and, and what I can see from where I sit that, that's old. I see the same thing in basketball in the chair back seats. I, I bet there's no way to know, but I bet I have the highest percentage <laughs> of any rival site of, of people that are 60 and over on our site. That to me is a concern when I look at your fan base. Is that something that gets brought up is that – that it's eight, not only do you not have enough, but the ones that are there are, are aging quickly. And you've got to replace those, obviously, with other demographics if you're going to do this long term. No, it does. It's very well said. You know, we have, what, 6,000 undergraduate students, and not all of them are from here. We're the smallest school in the SEC. So absolutely, but as we can, as we look at our plans and our future plans in terms of amenities and those types of things, that's how we have to attract newer fans. But I also think before – you want to attract newer fans, the first thing you got to do is take care of what you have. Otherwise, you're replacing. So uh, I'm adamant that the fans we have, if we give them the proper attention, that will create new fans. They deserve it first. They're already here. And by doing some of these reunions and things like that, that's done for the team, but it's also done for the fans. And I am I am a card-carrying member of, you know, I, even in my own life, I take care of what I have far more than what I want. And the fans we have – they deserve – if we take care of them, that will be a force multiplier. If we make them happy and, and we give them the proper attention and customer service and good product on the field, that's how you attract new fans. Otherwise, you're just replacing and that, and you're still at the same spot. Yeah, I think you make a good point. It's, it's a lot cheaper to keep the customers you have than to find new ones. Um, one complaint I've heard on that is that people will say, well, I, I had season tickets for 20 years. I went away. I never got a call to renew. And again, a lot of these problems predated you, but I'm sure that's come up. Do you guys have a strategy to sort of do something about that and maybe find people that had tickets years ago and get them back? No question. Uh, I hear a lot of those those type stories, and you know I can't give everybody the answer they want, but I return every phone call and every email. And if someone doesn't and it gets back to me, there's there's going to be a, a closed door discussion. Customer service. This is not about us. It's about them. It's about you. It's about the ticket holders. And, yes, we, we are trying to do some of those things. And our ticket office, Michael West, is a very polite man. He does a terrific job. He got screamed at by somebody the other day, and I, I'll handle it. You know, I said, you know, they can disagree with us, but he, I, I told the person, we're not, that's not happening. And it's okay to disagree. I don't have any issues with that. And – but, but we're going to take care of our fans. We're going to listen to everything they say. We may not do it. That, that's okay. Uh, I've, I've gone to breakfast with many that e have emailed me, and I said, well, let's go talk about it. And in most cases, I say, no, that's not correct. You know, maybe the, whatever the issue is. But that's okay. I think fans want to be heard, and they deserve to be heard. And we go in with an open mind. And, you know, there's a method to our madness. We don't just make decisions throwing a you know, piece of spaghetti up against a refrigerator. It's thought out, and hopefully it's the right decision. Nobody's perfect. If it's not, and, and there's a bunch of no's, then they'll probably get rid of me, and that's all right, too. But there's a strategy. There's a thought process, and I don't think our fans have been have been treated 
as warmly as, as they probably should. And I don't think our customer service in the past, is it's been good, but I'm, I'm not interested. I, I'm a big Chick-fil-A fan. Now, if you walk around our office here and somebody says, no problem, it gets back to me, somebody's going to be in my office because we answer in my pleasure. You know, answer in the affirmative. And don't say it because I'm telling you. Say it because it's the right thing to do. We are in the service business. And our, and our people do a good job. They do. They do. There's some apathy with our fan base. Uh, but but I, I say that. I go back. You, you go to a soccer game, Darren's program. It is, it's the pride just reeks. You know, you can just see it with the girls and the team. You go across to the baseball field, and you walk in there, and you can – I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. And the pride engulfs you. And that's the standards we want. And that's what we're going to keep working toward. Well, and one comment on that before I, I get to my last question. I, I notice it because from the media relations side and the way that we're taken care of, it's the best it's ever been. I've done this since 03, the last two years. And Alan George, I will pay him a compliment because he's had a lot to do with it. It's been during his time. I, I can see it, and that reflects an effort that you guys are making, uh, and that's just one way that it has spilled over. So I say that I would say that I, I've seen some of the things that you speak about with your eyes in terms of customer service. The last thing I want to ask you, Tommy, you guys have plans. They're well thought out. I have, again, little doubt that you've kicked every rock and stone to try to find out what is it we need to do and give that a lot of thought and care. And I think that's an effort people appreciate. The other part, of course, is you have the goals, but you have to get the funding for them. Um, You may or may not be able to speak to all that, but just Take me through the process of the asks, how those are going, how you're doing in terms of building new donors, and anything that you can tell uh, the fan base on that. It's a really good question. I can't get any specifics other than we meet just about every day on the process and potentials and this and that. And with the National Commodore Club, we we had meetings yesterday. So I can't go any specifics on that, but that's the, obviously with a plan of this uh, nature, you have to have that funding too, and the university's been fantastic on that. They really have. So I've, I'm so happy and thankful how they do that. And I appreciate you saying that about Alan. We, you know, our 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 goal is we're going to treat everybody as with respect, and people can disagree. That's fine. Doesn't bother me. I can't control that. I can only control how we act. I, I have an old saying in my personal life: I treat everybody like a gentleman, not because they are, because I am. That's sort of the philosophy of what we try to do. And I really don't mind fans coming up with issues. And I said issues, not complaints, because they're not complaints. They're issues. And uh, I actually, I enjoy getting them because it's a chance to fix something. I got one the other day from someone, and, and they've evidently been going on for quite a while, and they've somehow got my name. And I said, well, you just hang on here. And I don't know if we've got it fixed. It may be to a level that we can't. But I do know this. She wrote me back and said, it was very, very complimentary and thankful because I had some heavy hitters over there talking to her. I really, I don't mind issues. I really don't. I, I guess, as I said, I encourage them. It's the, it's the issue that I don't know about bothers me because it can't be fixed, and I can't guarantee what I can fix. I don't have that ability, but I can guarantee this: we will try. And if somebody around here is not doing that, and it gets back to me, that that'll be changed immediately, and. It can't be where you complain about the complainer, even though these aren't complaints. They're issues, you know. And fans have them. Some of them are legitimate. You know, someone had a broken seat. It's been that way for quite a while. It's not broken anymore. So uh, 
as I say it again, I don't mind issues. I love them because you can't fix them if you don't get them. And when I was in South Dakota running a CBA team, I, I used to actually joke along for the good old days when nobody came and nobody cared and everybody started laughing. Cause, but, it, you know, that's what we're here for. That's, that's, this is what we do. And, if, if, and, and, and I can't, like I say, some of the issues we, we simply can't fix, and, but that's okay. And I, I, I do. I encourage people. Let me know. I, I'd love to hear from you. Malcolm, I'd love to hear from you. And honestly, I wish I had 25,000 issues coming at me. It would be a nice problem to have because I know this. I don't want apathy. Yeah, I don't. And I'm, I'm, I'm hell-bent to provide Vanderbilt fans reasons to be proud and come out and, and, and do their thing. They deserve it. The university deserves it. Our student-athletes deserve it. And like I said, I don't mind people disagreeing with me. That's okay. I don't have all the answers. I know this. I, I got more energy than most. And, and this is a we're, in a, we're educating students to the highest level, development, mentally, physically, off the court, on the court, and preparing them to go out in life and chase their dreams and visions and whatnot. And we just want to provide them everything for that to happen. And like I say, I'll use this uh, small example. I had gotten here this summer, and I was going out to – to Las Vegas for some NBA uh, NBA marketing meetings, and they, uh, Darren and Malcolm came to me, and one of the soccer players wanted could she shadow me, Grace Jackson, who was just a sweetheart, just graduated, and so I got to know her, and it was fun having her out there and helping her, and we stayed in touch. And I ended up going to every game, got to know Tiana Tolson, the goalie, and Haley Hopkins, who's one of the better. I'm a women's soccer junkie now, and it's been so much fun to get to know them. And now, from there, now if there's off season, I'm going to go to the lacrosse games and baseball. So that's the fun part, and that's the fun part for fans too. It really is, and and I'm having so much fun doing that and trying to build the fan base because they all deserve it, the fans, players, coaches. And I I get this thing that I think Vanderbilt deserves to be more proud of their athletic program. There's a lot to be happy about, and we are we're we're, we're trying to knock it out a day at a time. Yeah, and I think when the dust settles on everything, it, it'll be great because the facilities are the things that have dominated the conversation and the strategic plans. And I think I'm with you. I think that once you get that out of the way and sort of clear those objections, so to speak, I think that will be a great thing for the university because there are great stories. I, I deal with them a lot uh, in the athletes I cover, and I think that will start to get the, the best of Vanderbilt in the forefront of the public eye. One more thing uh, before we go. I just want to give you the floor to address anything that's relevant that didn't come up or to clear up anything that we talked about and just give you the platform as we close the show to talk about anything that we didn't discuss. You know, I don't really know other than I would say we're just looking forward. I, I don't – in no way do I pass any judgment on anything that's been done in the past. I just don't do that. I'm just like, you know – uh, this this university's run really well on before I got here and been fine with that. I don't get in here unless Malcolm gives me the keys to the back door. They don't let me over here. So in no way are the things we doing. We're just trying to push forward and, and take ourselves to, 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 to greater heights than what's been brought before us. That's all. And I just hope in terms of the fan base, speak loud and be proud. You know, come to games. If you have issues, let us know. We'll fix them. If, you know, if somebody says their popcorn's not hot enough, I'll put it. I'll go a microwave for them. We want, you know, and I don't want to apologize for nothing. For me, I, I'm, I would like to see us win at a, at a big level where people, because I think our fans would travel, our city's great, our university's great, and nothing would please me more than to have every vice chancellor, faculty member, administrator say, hey, we get to go to the game this 
whatever. That's what we want. And our fans, and yeah, I want to sell more tickets because it means we're doing well. Uh, but we don't just want to sell more tickets. We want to have more people to make happy. That's what we want to do. And and educate our students and all that. We're Our university, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, this varsity blues, all that BS that went on, Vanderbilt's so above that, and they ought to have their they ought to take great pride in the in how well this university is run and regulated and and prioritized. They they should stick their chest out. Now I want the athletic program to even more, put more of a highlight on what they do great anyway, and that's how you, and that that will happen. Well, I think a lot of people are looking forward to that day, and I know I am too. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the coming days. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Chris Lee, the host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening. Back with more episodes.